0: Thank you for joining us for another life-giving message from City Church Now in Progress.
1: This is week three of our series 2020, and we're discovering the will of God for our lives. One of the things we said early on, and we've said it not just in this series, uh, but if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, uh, the truth about who we are and what we are created to accomplish is simply this. It's not for us to decide, it's for us to discover. Because God decided that already. It's God appointed and not self assumed So what we have to do in order to find 2020 vision for our lives is to align our lives with what God has already decided. Are y'all with me? It's critically important. If we're going to experience God's plan and God's purpose for our lives, we have to bring our lives into alignment with what God has already decided because it's God-appointed, not self-assumed. I've chosen for today's message a simple title, Do You See?, What God sees. Uh, Because if we're going to have 2020 vision, our vision, what we see must come into alignment with what God sees. Because God already, already has a plan and a purpose for your life and for mine. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, it bears repeating, says, says it this way I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to do what? To prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and an expected end. In the message paraphrase, this is how it reads I know the plans I have for you. I've got it all figured out. So if God who is our creator, already has a plan and he's got every detail of it figured out. My part is not to come up with a plan. It's not to reinvent the wheel. It's simply to discover what God has already decided. That's how I get 2020 vision. Are y'all with me? Okay, so, so Jesus came. Jesus came so that we could experience the fullness of all that God has purposed and planned for our lives. Let me tell you about five reasons why Jesus came. Because I really want to land on the fifth reason, and that's kind of going to be sort of the jump-off point for today's message as we talk about what God has already seen, what God has already designed, what God has already. Listen to me, all ready planned for your life. I hope y'all catch that. What he has already determined. What he has already decided. Can I stop for a second and say this? Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11 say it this way. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And my ways are higher than your ways. You know what that simply means? No matter what you and I could ever dream, imagine, or conjure up in our minds for what we hope our lives should look like, God's got a better plan. So imagine what you think your best, we talk about I'm living my best life. Imagine what your best life could look like. And God already has a life imagined and determined that's so much better than what you could ever think of. And that's why it's so critical that we must come into alignment with what God has already decided because that's what he blesses. Are y'all with me? So Jesus came. Jesus came for five reasons to ensure that we would experience the life that God promised. Number one, how did he do it? Number one, Jesus came to introduce the Father. In John chapter 1 and verse 18, it says, No man has seen the Father except the Son who is in his bosom. He has declared him. That word declared means he has introduced him. So all of the Old Testament, all of the Old Covenant was a lot like, Match.com. You go online and you check out somebody's profile and you have an idea of who this person might be. You have a picture, you have a name, but you've never really met them. Uh, Here's the precarious thing about online dating. You don't even know if that picture and that profile is actually real. What do y'all call it, young people? It's catfish? And so under the old covenant, they had a glimpse of what God should look like. They had a picture, they had a profile, they had his interests, and they had his hobbies, but they had never met him. Jesus comes, and he comes to introduce the Father to us. So Jesus coming to the earth was a lot like that first blind date. You get to meet him for the first time. That's why Jesus came. And Jesus went on to say, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Everything we need to know about God, about who he is, his nature, his character and his attributes, they are all revealed in Jesus. The first reason Jesus came was to introduce us to the father. So that this God that many knew as Elohim and Yahweh, who was distant and aloof, drew near in the person of Jesus. Are y'all with me? Second reason Jesus came was to seek and save that which was lost. Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, he prioritized that. The reason he came was to reconcile those who were distant from God back to the Father. Third reason he came was to serve, not to be served. I just lost y'all on that one, didn't I? Matthew chapter 20 and verse 28. In fact, we're most like Jesus when we serve. When we give of ourselves to others. And we say it here often at City Church, if you're too big to follow, you're too small to lead. Because if serving others is beyond you, then leading them is, I'm sorry, if serving them is beneath you, then leading them is beyond you. We follow in Christ's footsteps when we serve others. Yet we live in a culture that is so self-seeking. And it's all about self. But Jesus came. And in all of these things I'm sharing with you, Jesus is revealing what God's will is for our lives, to serve one another. Number four, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 8. 1 John 3 and verse 8. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Everything that oppresses, everything that depresses, everything that possesses, everything that keeps us distracted from the will and the plan of God, Jesus nailed to the cross and he said, it is finished. So that you and I can walk in victory over all the attacks, over all the plans, and all the strategies of the enemy in this life. That's the fourth reason Jesus came. But you are ready for this one? Here's the fifth reason that Jesus came. John chapter 10 and verse 10. Jesus said he came for the express purpose that you and I would have life and have it more abundantly. Listen to me. 2,000 years ago, when God sent his son Jesus, he had you and he had me in mind. And he said, Jesus, you're going to come and you're going to pay the price and your body will be broken. Your blood will be shed. We just celebrated communion for this reason. So that anyone and everyone who chooses to put their faith in you will have life and have it more abundantly. Y'all missed a good opportunity to get excited. Because God's will and God's plan for your life and my life is not that we go through life simply enduring it, but life ought to be a journey that we enjoy. And if there's any area of your life that you say, this is not abundant, Something's missing, something's broken, something's lacking, it means I'm living below what Jesus came, bled, and died for. In any area of your life. If there's something in your heart that you said is lacking spiritually, if there's something in your life relationally that is subpar, if there's something in your life financially that is mediocre, you are living below what Jesus came, bled, and died to provide. I'm talking about having 20 vision. I'm talking about seeing what God sees. What God sees for your life and what God sees for my life is that you and I would walk consistently in abundance. Okay, let me read this from a few translations so that you and I can understand a little bit better what Jesus was saying because these are the words of Jesus himself. Jesus, in John chapter 10 and verse 10, gives this contrast between what the devil does, what the enemy does against God's sons and daughters, and what Jesus himself came to provide. So in John chapter number 10, beginning at verse 10, these are the word in red, these are the words of Jesus, and this is what he says in the amplified translation of that verse. The thief, somebody say Satan, comes only. Listen to me. The only reason Satan comes is to steal, to kill, to destroy. Three reasons only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's why you have to be critically aware of what you entertain in your life. <laughs> Because the scripture says, this Satan, this thief, will masquerade as an angel of light. He will make himself and what he's offering you look appealing. But ultimately, his interaction and his engagement with you is for three reasons and three reasons only. He's going to steal something from you. He's going to kill something in you. And he's going to destroy something that's precious to you. And that's why it's critically important as we're dreaming our dreams to be careful who's informing our dreams. Because if the dream is not born of God, ordained of God, it could be coming from another source that ultimately will lead to your destruction. He comes to steal your joy. He comes to kill your dreams. Here it is, he comes to destroy your reputation. And of all the three, of all the three, may I submit to you this morning City Church that maybe the worst of the three is the fact that he comes to destroy your reputation. (laughs) Because when he succeeds in destroying your reputation all you become is the shell of who you could have been. You become a dead man walking. Where for the rest of the li- your life, people will remember you for the last bad decision you made. Are y'all listening to me? And Jesus makes it crystal clear. He says, there is an adversary, there is an enemy of your soul who comes for three reasons. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. But he said, I have come. Here's why I came. That you may have. Listen to me. That you may have and enjoy Life. Listen to me. I'm asking this morning that do you see what God sees? Because what God sees for your life and my life is that you would have life and savor it and enjoy it, not just endure it. The Amplified goes on and says that you would have it in abundance, that you would have it to the full until it overflows. That's what God sees for your life. That's what God sees for my life. And if you can assess where you are and what you are experiencing right now, and it falls short of what Jesus promised, there's an opportunity for us to make up the difference. Listen to me. This morning, my assignment, my assignment, my assignment, I forgot what it is. My assignment. I had a certain way I was going to say it, but it escaped me. My assignment, oh, is to challenge you to refuse to settle for anything less than what God promised. Jesus said, this is why I came. This is why I came. I died on the cross for this reason, that you would have life and enjoy it. When was the last time you just let out a good belly laugh? are all your days filled with grumbling and complaining about what you don't have and what you wish you had? Remember, we talked about it here, and it bears repeating, I will say it over and over, that the enemy of now is then, that the enemy of this is that, that the enemy of here is there. And most of us go through life frustrated because we, we say, one day I'll. And our life and our joy and our experience as God is held captive by someday. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it to the full until it overflows. If you were to close your eyes and imagine that right now, what would that look like for you? Because that's what Jesus came, bled and died to provide for you and me. Let me read it from the New Living Translation because it helps us see it in more contemporary language. Notice the New Living Translation says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose, listen, my purpose, God's purpose is to give you a rich and satisfying life. That's the standard. That's the plumb line. This is why I came, Ray Harmon, so that you can have a rich and satisfying life. And if you will simply begin to see what I see, you will stop settling for less than what I've promised you. Unfortunately, that's where most people live, far short of what Jesus has promised and what he's provided for us. So, But what we're going to do, though, as we cross over into 2020, hmm, is we're going to expand our capacity to believe and receive all that God has promised and refuse anything less, hmm, anything less than what God says I deserve. Not because of what I've done, but because of what he did. Are you with me? Do you see what God sees? Helen Keller was asked, what her experience like? Her experience was like being blind. She said the only thing worse being born blind, is having sight with no vision. What Helen Keller was saying is, there were a whole lot of people who have advantages that they never exercise. I'm blind. You have sight, but what you lack even with your sight, is vision. Your ability to see what God sees for you, for your family, for your children, for your legacy. And this morning, I just felt the press of the Lord not to, just to really remind, remind us of what Jesus has promised. What Jesus has said is in the deal for those of you who have ever been to an all-inclusive resort. (laughs) All-inclusive means all-inclusive. It means you get to stay there and you get to enjoy everything, without exception, what is available at that resort. This is what most of us do though, we settle for just being able to stay there for seven days. It's oh man, I wish I could eat at that restaurant. Oh, I wish I could go to that pool. I wish I could take advantage of that amenity. And God says, what I did on the cross includes all of that. Without exception. So the Lord wants us to level up. He wants us to level up in what we see and believe is ours to have and to enjoy in this life. So 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 notice what he says. Uh, Do you see what God sees? Number one, I got to recognize that God already has a plan for me. We already read that in John 10 and verse 10, but Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10, reiterate that. He says, Remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. He said, I'm God all by myself. Can't nobody step to me. Can't nobody touch me. I am sovereign. I am self-sufficient. I am God. And I have the final word. The buck stops with me. So he's saying when you approach me and when you think of me, think of me in those terms. And I am your heavenly father. I own it all because I created it all. And it is my good pleasure to give it all to you. Excuse me, man. Y'all in this baptism zone right here, man. It's flowing. Come on, somebody. DNA all over the first two rows. Notice what he says. He says, I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Listen to me. When it comes to getting 2020 vision with God, The reason we ought to align what we see with what God sees is because the God we serve, the God whose we are, says that I see the end from the beginning. Before one day even happens, I've already seen it. And I am God over everything in between. So when you and I come into alignment with what God sees, we begin to see what he sees, and he sees the end from the beginning. And he is God over everything in between. How much do we forfeit? How much in life do we forfeit? Trying to figure things out because we want to do it our way. When God says, my plan for your life, I don't just see it in incremental stages. I see the whole thing. And he says, I declare the end of a thing from the beginning. Are y'all, are y'all, did y'all catch that? And that's why we have to begin to align what we see with what God sees. Because he sees it all. He sees the end from the beginning. Number two, I need to align my plan with God's plan. You said, Pastor, wait, what are you talking about? I think I read this last week, Psalm 32 and verse 8. He says, I will instruct you. And I will teach you in the way that you should go. Anybody here trying to figure out which way I should go? Whether I should turn left or turn right? This is what he said. How am I going to instruct you? I've always leaned on God for God to instruct me with his voice. But notice in this verse how he instructs us. He said, I'm going to instruct you with my eye. What's he saying? I'm going to show you. What I see for your life. I'm not just going to give you words, but I'm going to guide you with my eye. And my eye sees the end from the beginning. Listen to me. There is no word in Hebrew for coincidence. Because the Hebrew mind understood that God is both the author and the finisher of my faith. That when I put my life in God's hands, there is nothing accidental or coincidental that the hand of God is at work on my behalf. And God wants to instruct you, not just telling you what to do, but he's saying, I'm going to give you my vision so you can see for your life exactly what I see. Number three. Here it is. It will require, it will require that you and I walk by faith. It will require that you and I walk by faith. Because what God shows us will often require that we grow into the size of the dream. Listen to me. He says in Habakkuk, write the vision. I'm going to show you some things. When you align your vision with my vision, I'm going to show you my vision for your life. But guess what? The vision, my vision for your life is going to be so big. It's going to blow your mind. But why am I going to show you the end from the beginning? Because the vision is for an appointed time. Listen to me. This is where most of us miss God. We align our vision with God. We align our hearts with what God wants to do. And we think that is going to happen tomorrow. When the promise of God and the purpose of God and the vision of God is inevitable, even though it may not be immediate. Listen to me. The first step is to recognize that God has a plan. The second step is to align my plan with God's plan, bring my plan under the, uh, into submission and subordination to what God wants. But once I get to that place where I start to see what God sees, listen to me, listen to me. When God showed Joseph at 17 years old, all of your brothers who outrank you and your daddy who is Jacob, who is Israel, who wrestled with God is gonna bow to you. You think Joseph was ready for that dream at 17? And that's why Joseph missed it. He opened up his big mouth with his 17-year-old immaturity and said, guess what? Daddy, I know you got history with God. I know you walked with my great-grandfather Abraham, and Abraham cut covenant with God. And I know his son Isaac was blessed beyond measure. And dad, I know, I know that out of you will come all the nations of Israel, but guess what? You're going to bow down to me. That's where most of us miss God, he, God in his grace and mercy causes our vision to align with his vision. But we forget that it's going to require that we walk by faith because the dream is for an appointed time. So just because God showed it to you doesn't mean it's happening overnight. Because God has to build me and grow me into the size of the dream. Anybody think that Joseph, as immature as he was in that moment, was ready to be prime minister of Egypt? He wasn't. And that's where most of us miss it. Because what we see, oh, let me just read this verse to you. Y'all quiet in this Presbyterian church this morning. I'm trying to figure out if y'all are with me. Are y'all tracking with what I'm saying? Okay, so, so, so listen, 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 listen to what I'm saying. It is, possible. It, is, it is possible to, to, to align your plan, uh, what you see with what God sees, and God show you the dream, and the dream not come to pass for one reason, the faith to believe it. The faith to believe and receive it. The faith to believe and pursue it. Let me give you scripture and verse, passage, chapter and verse. Listen to what the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2. It says, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Listen to what it's saying. It said we all heard the same message. We all heard the same gospel. Listen, listen. Equal opportunity doesn't mean equal outcome. You can give two people. The exact same opportunities. But their response to the opportunities they're given, their stewardship of the opportunities that they're given will determine the outcome. And most of us, most of us miss, miss what God wants to do because we squander the opportunities. And then we wonder, well, how, how come so-and-so ahead of me? You know why so-and-so ahead of you? Because they believed. What they heard. Listen to what it says. It says, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But notice the outcome. But the word which they heard. I ain't talking about what I heard. Because I'm good. I'm experiencing the outcome that the word I heard is supposed to produce. I'm working this thing. And how many of you realize the word will work if you work it? So the writer of Hebrews is saying, it's working for me. But let me tell you why it ain't working for them. The word, remember he says, for indeed the gospel was preached to them. They heard the same word, the same gospel, but the word which they heard did not profit them. Why? Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. In 2020 and beyond, the difference is not gonna be whether your your vision aligns with God's vision The difference is going to be whether what you see is mixed with faith. (laughs) Are y'all listening to me? Whether what God shows you is mixed with faith. And listen to me, listen to me. The dream is so much bigger. It It took God 13 years, 13 years after he gave Joseph the dream after Joseph's vision for his life aligned with God's vision it took 13 years for Joseph to grow up into the size of the dream are y'all listening to me it's got to be mixed with faith it's got wow I, I must be glowing the handkerchief ain't working. They brought me a towel. Come on, somebody. That's, that's how you know you're preaching good. Come on. You, you got to hold the towel and the mic. Hey! Hey! In the same hand. Come on, somebody. Can I preach the rest of the time like this? Glory to God. Thank you, Dexter. Y'all see that? Old school. Y'all, y'all know this? That's how we did it back in the day. Uh, what was I talking about? Be mixed with faith. Oh, it's got to be mixed with faith. Because, because the promise of God is inevitable. It will come to pass, even though it's not immediate. What, what is God doing in the meantime, right? He's, he's, oh, oh, listen to me. Here's the question to ask while you wait. Here's the question to ask God while you wait most of us ask the wrong questions and we get the wrong answers here's the question to ask God while you wait who am I becoming most of us make the vision of God and the purpose of God about a destination and we lose sight of the fact that the vision and the purpose of God is about the process It's about who I'm becoming in the process. I'm talking about Joseph having to deal with the fact that his own brother sold him into slavery. God, you gave me a dream that these very people who tried to kill me were going to bow to me. What I'm experiencing in my life right now looks absolutely nothing like what you said. Have you been there before? Where God gave you the dream. And you saw your daddy and your mama and your brother then bowing to you. But it seems like the dream is flipped upside down. Where the people who were supposed to be bowing to you, come on somebody, seem to have the advantage over you. That's how you know you're preaching where bracelets start (laughs) flying. Can men wear bracelets? I don't know. It's 2020, y'all. Come on, somebody. Listen to me, listen to me, the frustration that most of us feel. Sometimes we settle for less than God's best. We settle for less than John 10.10 is because we see, it's not a fact that I I don't see what God sees, it's the fact that what I'm experiencing now looks nothing like what he promised. The question then must become, who am I becoming? Listen to me, while you wait on the manifestation of the dream, You've got to ask yourself, am I going to be bitter because of what my brothers did? Or am I going to get better? Listen to me. He's not going to let you take that stuff forward into, into Egypt. And so God waits. He allows the dream to incubate because of who he wants us to become. And this is the part where the dream has to be received by faith. Let me tell you something. This is where most of us fall short. Ah, we quit on the dream because it's not happening quickly enough. Yeah. Notice what the verse says again. But the word which they heard, listen to me, let nobody leave this place this morning and hear this word and it not profit you. Because it's not mixed with faith. What that means is you got to hear the word and latch on to that thing and say to yourself, the life that God is, has promised me is a life that overflows. It is a life that is rich and satisfying, and I will settle for absolutely nothing less. I will settle for absolutely nothing less. Listen to me. Uh, The process. Listen to me. Uh, Oh, how do I even say it? How do I even say it? Here it is. Let me just give you the last point, and then I'll say a few things because we're going to work this thing. We're going to work this thing. We're going to work this thing. We're going to work this thing over the next several weeks. I'm telling you, 2020, 2022 two things are going to happen. It's going to be a year of uncommon clarity. You will see this thing crystal clear, what you must do now and what you must do next. Here's the second thing, though. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing I've sensed the Lord saying in prayer. It's going to be a season of accelerated manifestation. And what that means is, in 2020, you will begin to stand in the thing you've been praying and believing for. Listen to me. The Lord is going to bring many. The Lord is going to bring many out of a season of expectation and anticipation Into a season of manifestation where you will stand and walk in the thing that you've been trusting him for. Mark my word, it will happen in Jesus' name. It will happen in Jesus' name. It will happen in Jesus' name. Uncommon clarity and accelerated. Listen to me. Accelerated manifestation. It'll blow your mind. All right. It'll blow your mind. I rarely do this. I rarely do this, what I'm about to do. But I reached out to two of my pastor friends. In fact, there was more than two of them. I reached out to several of them. Not all of them could meet because it's clergy last month was Pastor Appreciation Month. And I said, I want to express my appreciation for these people who have poured into me. And I reached out to a bunch of them, and I couldn't meet with all of them. I met with one set of pastors and then the next day, I was supposed to meet with another set of pastors, uh, two pastors. And one of them texted me at the last minute and said, hey, man, I, I can't make it. And I said, let's reschedule. So I was, work, I was at work right here in Legacy Down Center. And uh, I got a call from the other pastor. He said, man, where you at? I said, what do you mean? He said, I'm here. I said, man, I thought we rescheduled. One of the pastors canceled. And I text back and I said, rain check. Let's reschedule. This pastor who showed up. Must have missed the text. So I went and sat down with this pastor. Went and sat down with this pastor and we're sitting there and I just start to talk to him. And as I'm talking to him, for the next 30 minutes, he's got his hand on his head and he's just shaking his head. Because every single thing I'm telling him, every single thing I'm telling him in that conversation is exactly, exactly what he's going through. Exactly what his wife is going through exactly what his church is going through even down to very specific words so when i say these things i don't play with it and i don't play with god either in fact in fact i'm just gonna give it to you so uh mom i'm gonna call you mom uh, i always forget your name cheryl but i didn't know today was cheryl's birthday right but this morning late last night and this morning when i was praying uh this is what the Lord said to me, crystal clear. I wasn't going to do it, but I feel prompted to do it. And the only reason I feel prompted to do it is because God will confirm his word. And y'all know what they did, did with Old Testament prophets, right? False prophets. They stoned them if it didn't come to pass. I see y'all picking up stones already. Put, put them down. Put them down. Not so. Every, every word that the Lord has given us for our church, God is fulfilled. Every single one hasn't failed. In fact, one of the reasons I even asked Patrick to testify this morning is because the word the Lord gave us on our 8th anniversary was bigger, better, bolder. He's doing it for people in our congregation. Dexter and Andrea can testify. Damon Denson can testify. Chris Gillum's not here, but she's opening her own, uh, like, art studio. It's happening. God is doing bigger. He's doing better. And he's doing bolder. So when I say these things, I don't say it next year is going to be two things. Uncommon clarity. It will be crystal clear what you got to do. And number two, accelerated manifestation. Those who have been waiting will stand in what they've been anticipating. So uh, late last night, I'm a late night person. For you and your husband, the word the Lord gave me, just two words, it was God wink. God wink. And he said in the next few days or shortly, he's going to give you a God wink. Meaning he's going to do something that will let you know that his hand is at work in your life, in your family, in everything you set your hands to. It will be undeniable. And it will be a God wink, meaning God is going to wink at both of you and say, this was my hand. The Lord will do it. And y'all hear to hear. When it happens, I'm sure they'll call Brian and Cassie to tell them. The Lord will do it. He will give you a God wink. Brian and Cassie. Brian and Cassie are not here. I mean, you're here. But I was praying for you guys. I prayed for a few people. Where did you You next. I was praying for a few people. And the Lord, I was just praying, and the Lord brought them up in my, in my heart. All right. And I was praying for your family. And the Lord gave me First Chronicles, 2 uh, Chronicles chapter 20. And the word was, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. The Lord wants you to live in that place. We don't know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. For your sister, I was praying for your sister. And this is what the Lord spoke to me concerning your sister and her husband. That is going to be a shift in the 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 the, the sort of the the dynamic of the relationships. Got a lot of friends. I don't know your sister. I don't know your sister. But there's going to be a shift in the dynamic of the relationships, and God is going to use them in a new and unique way where it's going to go beyond just the social interaction. The word the Lord gave me was from Matthew chapter 5. They will be like a city set upon a hill that cannot be hidden and god's going to do something uh, uh very specific as it relates to healing and helping marriages the lord will do that there's going to be a shift in the tone and the tenor it's going to be social but it's going to be beyond the social it's going to be very 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 significant where did joy where you at i was praying and the lord brought up wedded joy wedded joy is sitting in the back wedded joy The Lord said, the word, the specific word the Lord gave me was that you are a girl boss. Girl boss. But, uh, how do I say it? When I was praying for you, there was another guy that uh, uh, just recently, he had a dream for a business that he tried to start in Dallas. And it didn't happen. He moved to, I think, Arkansas now. Not Arkansas. He moved to... I forget where he moved to, but he moved to this other city, and now the business is off the ground. Same, 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 uh, same, same type of situation. And the Lord said, you need to let the net down on the other side, okay? So you're a girl boss, and this is what the Lord says very specifically, that he's called you to be an entrepreneur, Uh, so, So beyond what you're doing now, professionally, there is a tremendous grace on your life to be an entrepreneur. But he says you'll let the net down on the other side, on the other side, and then you'll catch it. You let down the net the first time, and the catch wasn't as big as you had hoped it to be. He says if you let down the net on the other side, on the other side, the catch will be so big that the other fishermen will have to come and get a part of the catch. The Lord is going to do it for you. Now, he took it a step further, took it a step further and said this is the, the, the change, the difference is going to be the voices that you trust. The change of where you put the net is going to depend on whose voice you trust. So there is a huge connection between what he does next and the mentors you allow in your life. But he will do it. Amen? He will do it. Let's get back to the message. That's all I got. Uh, and this is where I'm going to close. This is where I'm going to close. The question while you wait, there's going to, I'm telling you, for some there's going to be an accelerated manifestation where you're going to stand in the thing. You're going to stand in the thing. You are going to stand in the thing. I'm going to say this again. I went to preach with my friend. I went to preach with my friend, uh, not this last time, my friend Derek Golden at Amazing Church, at Amazing Church. And I was standing on the front row uh, during the service, and the Lord gave me a word for his church. And when I got up there, there were five things. Pastor Wendy was there. There was five things that the Lord gave me. When I got through talking, he says, my wife has a, 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 a message on her phone from the lady who was sitting on the front row. And he says, four out of the five things that you just said were on that message. It was a confirmation of what God is speaking to our church. When I say these things, I'm not playing, and I don't joke around. I don't do it very often. But God will do it. God will do it. And the word that you hear today will not profit you if it's not mixed with faith. So begin to see God wants me to live an abundant life. He wants me to have life until it overflows. A rich and satisfying life. And I'll settle for nothing less. Here's where I end. Number four, trust the process. Trust the process. The question is, who am I becoming? And we'll probably pick up here next week how God processes us. We're going to look at the life of Joseph and the process that God took him through so that he would become the man that could handle the dream so that he could become the man who would handle the dream. Here it is. Uh, This is uh, is 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I think it's verses 16 through 18. It says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. So while you wait, do not lose heart. Trust the process. Notice what he says, for our light affliction, what I'm going through right now, which is but for a moment. Listen, two things he says. He says your affliction, the thing you're struggling through is light. It ain't going to take you out. Number two, it is but for a moment. That means what you're experiencing right now has a shelf life. It's subject to change. It has an expiration date. But notice what it's doing. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That when I get my, God's perspective on my season, my now, I will see that this affliction was light, that it had a shelf life, but it made me better. It produced in me a far greater and eternal weight of of glory. Now notice what he says. While we do not look at the things which are seen. Remember we talked about farsightedness and short-sightedness. He says as I'm bringing you into this season, as you trust the process, he says don't look at what you see, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know what he's saying? He said if you let your circumstances now. If you look at your circumstances now, it will choke your faith. What you have to look at, what you have to look at is beyond what you see to what you can't see in the natural. Are you with me? And that will be the thing that will sustain you. Because the things which are seen, the good news is, is they are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So God is saying to us, trust the process. It is for an appointed time. And until that time, the question to ask is, who am I becoming? And the Lord will bring it to pass. Father, we come to you now. Ah, Father, I pray in Jesus' name.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more details about City Church and for other resources, visit us online at www.citychurchtv.com or contact us via email at info at If you are encouraged or inspired by today's message, we ask that you prayerfully consider partnering with us financially, either in a one-time gift or as a monthly partner. No gift is too small. We have three convenient ways for you to give. Via our website at citychurchtv.com backslash give, via text, text citychurchtv, And the amount that you would like to give to 77977. By mail. Mail your check or money order to City Church Global Ministries, 8105 Razor Boulevard, Box 90, Plano, Texas, 75024. Once again, thank you for downloading today's message. We look forward to connecting with you soon.